to what you would have to say today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we have been on a series just unpacking a little bit of what it means for us to be a safe place for people to find and follow Jesus, focusing on that phrase, a safe place. And just kind of reminding ourselves from our roots, our name, City Harbor Church, in part comes from something that God did inside myself and Rebecca. We led us to Psalm 107. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. He calmed the storm to a whisper. He stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. And we've talked already on four different subjects of what it means to be a safe place. First of all, we derive safety from God, our relationship with God. Second, it's about love and forgiveness. Second and third, love and forgiveness, just like what I needed to learn in life, I learned from kindergarten, sharing, right? A God kind of love and God's kind of forgiveness. And then last Sunday, we talked about faith and what that looks like and what it might look like if we would speak words of faith to each other. Not based on fantasy, not lies or flattery, but based on truth, in particular, God's truth. And we looked at these verses on the side of the card that starts with the verse that says, nothing will separate me from the love of Jesus. That's the side of the card that we looked at last week. Those are an example of some good verses that have spiritual truth that are relevant to when you can speak faith to somebody else. Good stuff, yeah? So today we're going to flip to the other side of the card, and we're going to talk today a little bit about prayer. And more specifically, Praying for each other, okay? So that's that's what we're going to take um, a look at a little bit today. Justin, will you join me up here just for a quick second? Will you just stand over here? Just stand right there. Just face everybody. All right, so let's say Justin and I are hanging out, okay? It could happen. Let, let's, let, let's say that, that, that we're hanging out, right? Not too interesting, right? <laughs> Mark Twain tr- said true friendship is when silence is comfortable. Not comfortable. <laughs> right? Right? Okay. So so uh, try, to, try to talk to me a little bit. Um, so how is your hand doing? <clears throat> I'm missing you on the worship team. I'm looking forward to being back with us. Uh, you, you jumping any fences lately? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so a little, little inside joke there. Mostly surrounding my getting older and having some in- injury problems, being injury prone. I'm not made of glass, but we're looking into it. So if there is an interaction, it's not communication and it's not relationship. When we live our life saying that we are a Jesus follower and we are not listening and we are not speaking to Him, it's not relationship. Oops, I did it again. It's not relationship. And the truth of the matter is you are an eternal spiritual being having a temporary natural experience. And when you walk through life without prayer, you are holding your spiritual breath. 
your spirit doesn't have a chance. It doesn't have a chance to experience the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. It doesn't have an experience to enjoy relationship with God. Could we please stop holding our breath? See, a spiritual, I'm stuck and in pain, can develop when we're not in prayer. A, a developing a, a, a paranoia and an uneasiness and a frustration and pain in life can develop when we're not in communication with God. And that includes listening and that includes speaking. It includes sometimes nonverbal communication. Sometimes a prayer is a groan. That's in the scripture. Sometimes a prayer is one word. Sometimes a prayer is a statement. Sometimes a prayer is praying the scriptures. But prayer is an essential part of the relationship. It's an essential part. So let's turn to these verses, starting on the side that says, always be joyful. Right? Okay. So just going to read through these verses, and we're going to unpack this a little bit today, okay? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. 1 Timothy 2.1 Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Philippians 4.6 Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Colossians 4.2 Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Ephesians 6.18 Here's a prayer. Lord, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Acts 4.30 now, Amen to God's Word. Amen. Let's talk briefly about one of the passages that's on the card, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Which This is a personal letter inspired by God for Paul to write to Timothy. And it's specific. Very specific. It's based on relationship. A loving relationship. A long-term relationship where there was trust. Paul writes to Timothy, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. All people, right? Not just the ones you like. Not just believers. All people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf. That means to stand in the gap for, to stand in the place with, to put yourself alongside the other person, put yourself alongside the other person and ask God to do something for them 
with the same, the same desire that you would if you were praying for yourself to stand in the gap, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them, to thank God for them. So this, what you see in this prayer is a few things. One, we wouldn't be asking God for something that we already have, right? Or something that we can already do. Uh, it, it's common when you're early in your Christian faith to ask God for things that you are capable of doing yourself. That, that's a common, but as we grow up in the Lord, we, we stop doing that and we start asking God to do things that we are not capable of doing. Things that are miraculous, right? And so what we see in this verse is that, hey, you need to ask God for something that is not yet there, right? There's a need. And if you're asking God, then he must be capable of meeting that need, right? So there's a recognition that God exists. There's a recognition that God can do something about it. That's a part of this equation. Another part of this, if I'm going to respond to this faithfully, is that I'm called to some devotion, some level of commitment spiritually in my relationships with other people, right? Devotion. Now, not only is there a devotion, but there's a childlike confidence, a trust, a reliance upon, a belief that God will answer the prayer. Yeah? Some really basic parts of this. So here's, here's what it might look like. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for putting this person in my life. God, please help this person with, fill in the blank, please help me see what I should do. So, let me submit this thought to you. We can approach God with confidence, honestly confessing our need and our heart condition. At the same time, we can learn to speak faith and align our heart, our emotions, and confession with the Word of God. We can learn to pray the prayer of faith. That's what this looks like. And you notice that this is not a directive we get in the scripture for those of us that have it all together. No longer have any pain, no longer have any temptations, no longer have any pressures, have grown up in the faith and are fully mature, confident, perfect, wonderful people. No. This is a invitation to a powerful relationship with God for everybody. Right? For those that are in pain. And in my uh, read through the Bible uh, program, you know, you come to Job, and it's always like, oh, here we go. Right? Four, 40 chapters, right? So you see Job's story. And, and I was struck by something this year in Job's story. So we see, and for those of you that don't know, the first five books of the Bible were memorized word for word and were written down on paper for a long time. The fact of the matter is, is that Job was the first book of the Bible that was written down. Now, part of that's because a lot of, a lot of, lot, a lot of talking going on. It's kind of hard to memorize, right? So, but there's this conversation. So the devil comes to God and asks for an opportunity to just hammer Job. To just take away his stuff, take away his kids, take away his health. And God says, spare his life, right? And then there's this back and forth. And the truth of the matter is, is that in the many chapters of his friends coming to try to console him, When we are in pain and suffering, there's a lot of wisdom there. Including the fact that just because something bad is happening to someone doesn't mean that they're bad. 
That's one of the lessons. But we find at the end of the story, when you know the rest of the story, is that God not, not only restores what Job has lost, but gives him more. Job, historical academics actually have laid out a case that Job may have been the wealthiest man alive at his time. God not only restores what he lost, but he gives him more. But he doesn't do it until after there's one verse, Job chapter 42 and verse 10, where it says this, when Job, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. Things that make you go, hmm. Right? When Job prayed for... Now, what friends is this talking about? This is talking about the ones that were saying, you're the problem. You must have some unconfessed sin. There's something wrong with you that caused God to do this to you. That's the friends that Job prayed for. Not friends that he liked, if you read his response to them. Oh, you! I will shut your mouth, Job said, right? These were not people that he liked. These were not people that were nice to him when he was at the worst point of his life. When Job prayed for his friends, God restored. Man, sometimes the Bible just says some tough stuff. Right? What a lesson we can draw from that. In fact, we look at the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? Right after that, God tells, Jesus tells a story about somebody who comes to God with a request for somebody else. A friend that came to their house late at night who needed a place to stay, who needed food. They started to meet the need and then they came to God and asked for more. Not for themselves, but to help somebody else who was a need. That's the story that Jesus used to reinforce that Lord's Prayer. And yet I find that most people that can quote our Father who art in heaven have not yet prayed for somebody else. When Job prayed for his friends. God restored. God is trying to teach us something. Even in our darkest days, God is trying to teach us something. So, how does this, how does this work? Well, here, here's just a couple of thoughts for you. One, pray with gratitude. We definitely see in these verses that we just read an instruction to give thanks. There's medical study that has been done that says if you will each day think of three things that you are thankful for, in five weeks your stress level will be lower, your blood pressure, various levels in your body. Medical research has been done that proves that if you will spend a moment to be thankful, you will feel better. In fact, you will live longer. It's for your benefit. So we have this instruction to pray with gratitude. Pray your thank you. We come, I find it interesting that even the communion table that we come to this morning, how many of you have heard the word Eucharist? Right? Eucharist. Eucharist is a Greek word for thanksgiving. The disciples didn't come to the communion table to cry. They came to the communion table to say thank you and to celebrate. It was called a love feast. 
in early Christian history. The Eucharist is a table of thanksgiving to thank God for what he has done. So pray with gratitude. Second, pray for God's will. It's okay to see something in your life, in somebody else's life, in the neighborhood, in our city that's messed up, that isn't the way that it should be, and say, God, this shouldn't be like this. Will you fix it? Because the truth of the matter is, the more we learn about God, the more we, even from his name, Yahweh, the creator and the redeemer. God is the one who created this world, and he is also the one that is ever redeeming this world. Redeeming and justice means literally setting the wrongs right. It's okay for you to say, God, based on your nature, based on what you have done for others, based on your promises. Have you read the promises? Can you quote the promises? Come on, somebody, right now. God, based on your promises, will you set this wrong right? Not some passive, weak Christianity, God, if it be your will. No, God, I believe it is your will, so will you please. Are you with me? I can pray a prayer of faith. Now, don't get it mixed up. God's not your genie in a bottle. And he's not your girlfriend. And he's not your child or your dog. We don't order him around. Now, maybe in our immaturity as we're growing into our relationship with God, at some point we might order God around. He's like, oh, that's cute. Just like when my son tries to order me. Don't, no, please, don't want to repeat that. If a child were to try to order me around, be like, oh, I love you. Don't do that. <laughs> right? So we don't order God around, but we say, God, according to your will, let it be. And the more we learn about God, his nature, his character, his emotions, what he thinks, what he sings about, the scripture says he sings, the more we learn about God, the easier it is for us to say, God, according to your will, do this. Are you with me? Pray God's will. Pray for a miracle and be specific. God wants you to be specific. Lord, I ask that you would pay this bill by the 15th. Why? Because if it happens, then I know it was God. And I'm talking about stuff that is beyond your ability to do. Right? Physical ailments. We believe in healing, right? We, we believe that God didn't die when the book was closed. Okay? Physical Sometimes a physical ailment is a natural thing. Sometimes it is a spiritual thing. And sometimes it is both. That's what I believe. So I believe that God's given us the ability to learn. And so I also use medicine. Okay? That's what I believe. Sometimes an ailment's natural, sometimes it's spiritual, sometimes it's both, right? And so it's okay for me to be very, very specific. And I've done this. God, I would like to not wear these glasses anymore. Open my eyes now. Okay. He didn't do it. It doesn't mean he doesn't love me. Hello? Pray for a miracle and be specific. Number four, ask God what he wants you to do. The truth of the matter is, is that when we relate with God in a way that is lazy, we will always be frustrated. Always. God, most of the time, doesn't just fly in and save the day and give you nothing to do. Now, he does the heavy lifting, to be sure. Right? But he gives us an opportunity to participate. 
This, this following Jesus thing is not a spectator sport. There's no pattern that we have in Scripture of passively following God. No, it doesn't work that way. Lazy approach to your spirituality will always leave you frustrated. In the geography around Jesus, when he was talking about this stuff, there, there was a river, the Jordan River, that ran, right, from the Sea of Galilee, which was its own watershed, right? The Sea of Galilee, all these little streams that run into it, still, it's still there today. You can go see it. Sea of Galilee. The Jordan River runs out of the Sea of Galilee into the Dead Sea. Anyone ever heard of the Dead Sea? Okay. The Dead Sea is dead. That's why they call it that. Salt content is so high that almost nothing can live in it. And if you go and try to swim, you will float. Like more than normal. Right? The Dead Sea is dead because it has no outlet. There's no streams that run out of it. The same is true in our spirits. We call it the principle of the seas. If we take in and give out... We experience life. If we take in and don't give out, we start to experience death. If you are frustrated in your life, start to serve. Start to share your story. Start to do something about it. Start to say thank you. You will activate the principle of the seas, the natural principle of life on the inside of you, and you will change. We take in. And we give out. Does that make sense? Now, we can give out by praying for others. Prayer, like, thank you, God. Thank you for putting this person in my life. Yeah, this person. God, please help this person with, fill in the blank. Please help me see what I should do. Right? So in any topic, in anything that you are praying for, you can ask God, what should I do about this? God, where do you want me active? What do you want me involved with? We pray with gratitude. We pray asking God for His will. We ask God for miracles, stuff that's specific. We ask God what He wants us to do. Now, what happens when we do this is it brings change. I'm going to sum up years of studying the scripture on prayer and say this, God can do whatever he wants to do and he wants us to pray. He allows some things to happen because he wants his people, his kids to get involved and to ask him to do stuff. To ask big, hairy, audacious, crazy faith prayers. He wants us engaged, involved, He wants us asking Him for change. He wants that of us. It brings change. Okay, If we pray this way, it changes us. Because what happens when you pray to God for somebody else, it tends to like take your focus off your own problems. It tends to give you perspective. The, 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 the more you dig into prayer, the more you start to realize, I am an eternal spiritual being. Yeah, me. 
having a temporary natural experience, talking to the God who created all this, who actually loves me, who actually wants to listen, and can, who, who can help this other person. It changes my perspective. I see my life. I see their life. I see it all differently. There's a benefit to you if you will pray for others. It also changes them. God's been waiting to get involved in a different way. It changes how God responds to them in in one way or another. And it will change how you interact with them. Because when you have prayed for somebody, whether it's together, over the phone, text message, face-to-face, or... You're off by yourself and it's privately, privately you're praying for that person, even if they didn't ask for it. The next time you interact with that person, your interaction with them will be different because you've engaged your faith muscle. It's like a muscle. You got to use it or lose it, right? It works if you work it, right? You engaged your faith muscle for them and you started to see that through God things could be differently and you started to feel differently about them and the next time that you interact with them, it will be less selfish on your part, maybe less complaining out of your own mouth, maybe more interested in what they're going through and your whole friendship is going to change. I don't know how much you are aware of this, but there are a growing number of people that would have killed themselves if not for what God has done in them through this church. There are a growing number of people that were not employed that are now employed. There are a growing number of marriages that would have divorced, that would have split up, that were in horrific shape, that have been reunited and that are strong today. And I just want to tell you something. I have yet to see a marriage split up when both people were praying for each other. It's possible, sure. But I've not yet seen it in my personal experience. When you have a strained relationship, when things look awful, when things look difficult, if you will pray for that person, it will bring change. It will. It will change you. It will change them. It changes how we interact with each other. We've talked in this series about forgiveness, and we've talked about some hard stuff. If you will pray, even in private, For the person that you hate, you will change. Holding resentment's not doing anything against them. In fact, there's medical research that shows that holding resentment will shorten your life. It only punishes yourself. It's like a cancer, a nasty one. There's data that supports this. If you will pray for somebody else, we might say you will live longer. You will be happier. Your stress level will be lower. Because what happens is, you start to realize, I am an eternal spiritual being having a temporary natural experience. Hello? Oh, this is so good. Okay. Choices that we can make. To help our church be a safe place for everybody. One, we choose to believe that each person is created in God's image and worthy of love and respect. 
Come on, say amen to that. Our country, our world is jacked up. I'm glad that Charles Barkley came to Baltimore and that's how he started a TV series on TNT about racism. And he stayed in the room. I don't know if some of you saw that. And he got yelled at. People that liked him the day before were screaming at him and did not like him and attacked him. And he stayed in the room and he listened. And at the end of the day, he said, Baltimore's problems are not as simple as I thought. Talked about Freddie Gray. Talked about racism. Talked about police brutality. Our city needs people who believe this. It's based on the scripture. It's called Imago Dei, a classic Christian teaching. We choose to believe that each person is created in God's image and worthy of love and respect. Second, we choose to love others. We choose to love others by God's grace with a God kind of love that is faithful, patient, kind, and selfless. We choose to forgive those who have wronged us in the past and who may do so in the future. We are postured for it, positioned for it, ready for it. I dare say, looking forward to the opportunity. Because when forgiveness gets engaged, things start to change and stuff that is nasty gets redeemed. Number four, we choose to build a spiritual family where love and forgiveness are an essential part of who we are. If you take love and forgiveness out of this church, it doesn't look like us anymore. Five, we choose to believe that God is alive, aware, able and active in our lives and to speak words of faith to each other. We can do this. And number six, we choose to pray for each other with love and forgiveness by faith in the God of miracles. That's so good. That's life-changing stuff right there. Like this is one of those messages that you, you 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 need to get a hold of a friend and you need to send them a link to the website to the podcast. You say, yo, you need to listen to this because this will change your life. It's got nothing to do with me. It's God's word. It's the principles that work. They work if you work them. Just stand with me and let's look at this prayer in closing today, please. This series is kind of doing some closing prayers to help focus our spirits. Let me read this to you and pray over us today. Lord, please help me to be more aware of the people you have put in my life. Please help me faithfully love them, help them, and be a faithful display of your love for them. Thank you for this opportunity today. God, we come to you and we confess our sin. We confess that there are times where we don't do the right thing and where we do the wrong thing. But we come to you, the God of miracles, who has already made a way for our forgiveness. And so we ask, Lord, forgive us. And we quickly receive your forgiveness, which is complete. And God, we ask that you would please inspire us. Open our spiritual eyes. Help us to believe with faith that we would ask you to help us to see what you see ask you to help us to agree with you, ask you to help us to take action. Help us to speak words of faith to each other. Help us to pray for each other. That this would be a safe place for people to find and follow Jesus. Lord, we thank you for who you are and all that you have done today. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. All right, if you're here today and you would like prayer, you can get prayer here and now. So just feel free to ask somebody else and they will be glad to pray for you today. Amen? Amen. May God bless you. There's something to eat and drink here. Grace and peace to you as you go.